Hey everybody, welcome to Hacking Into Security, your career-related cybersecurity show. I'm your host, Ricky Burke, the InfoSec recruiter, and regularly we'll be catching up with a variety of guests from CISOs, entrepreneurs, VCs, new people into the industry, and more. Each sharing their story, industry knowledge, and advice on how others can navigate success in their career. So sit back, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, welcome to another episode of Hacking Into Security. I'm your host, Ricky Burke, and today we're joined by Jackie Lusto. Jackie, welcome. Thank you for having me, Rick. You're welcome. Jackie is the head of product at Cinch Security and founder of AWSN, so the Australian Women in Security Network. And that's a big topic of our conversation today. We're going to walk through Jackie's story and really how AWSN come around and hopefully some ideas of where AWSN will be going in the future as well. So Jackie, my first question to all guests is, who are you? So I am, I've got multiple hats, I guess. So I'm a mother of two kids. I also work, as you mentioned, as head of product for Cinch Security. So Cinch is a startup which helps small businesses with their cybersecurity, working out what their cyber risk is and trying to help them with, you know, small little actions on how they can resolve that gap. And I'm also, as you mentioned, the founder of the Australian Women in Security Network. So Australian Women in Security Network, or the AWSN, or AWSN, as some people try to remember it as, <laughs> helps to connect, support and inspire women in security. So as part of that, I've also founded the Security Job Profile Project, which is a project which tries to describe all the different roles that are in security that's out there and the pathways into that. I'm also the co-founder of Project Friedman and the AWSN Cadets and the Cyber Volunteers Group. So you don't have much going on then? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) So as head of product for Cinch Security, what, what do you actually do? So in all startups, you pretty much put your hat into everything. So I do lots of different things such as, you know, one day I might be doing some marketing, some days I'm, you know, writing some blog pieces. Sometimes I'm, a lot of the time I'm I'm talking to customers. Other times I'm doing presentations to small businesses about what they can do on their security. And I'm really loving being able to, you know, share the knowledge that I've you know, gained over the past few years working in security to these small businesses that really need a lot of help. Yeah, I guess well, working in large enterprises, there's a lot of knowledge you can pass on to those companies that just unfortunately may not have a clue or they're just going through the, the early phases of that. That's right, Ricky. So when I was working in these large enterprises, the thing that came up quite a lot was when I was in the cybercrime team or when I was working with small businesses, you could really see that, you know, they don't, know what they need to actually do in order to manage their cyber risk and I thought that you know we really do need to help these small businesses which you know make up a majority of our Australian economy and by just giving them small little tips we can help raise that bar because if you think about a business you know their second or third party down the supply chain most likely is a small business so it really is an issue the whole ecosystem needs to start to pay attention to. Very much so. And so yourself personally, why are you working in security? Oh, I love security. I fell into it, <laughs> but I really do love it. It is such a interesting area which is constantly changing. There are different challenges that come up all the time. 
the industry is a very welcoming and collaborative industry, I find, and um, I never get bored. So, you know, there's so many challenges there that are up for grabs to, you know, get your, sink your teeth into and try to help resolve. Like at the moment, I'm trying to solve this small business issue with, you know, Susie and Adam, the team over there. And every project that I've worked on over the, you know, 19 years or so that I've been in it, it's every single project has been really interesting. So I really do love it. And you can help people. And that's what I really love about this industry and security. Yeah, I can see a lot of that. And you mentioned you fell into it by accident. So how did you actually get started working in security? So I was lucky enough to work at a company called Schlumberger. It's an oil and gas company. I was working on their help desk. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, they're pretty huge. At the time, you know, they were wanting to, you know, boister their security consulting and network consulting business. I was working on their help desk at the time and, you know, they wanted me to you know, stay on in that company, even though they were going to be moving the help desk to, you know, Ireland. And I just went, okay, well, you know, if you would like for me to, you know, become a consultant, that sounds like it would be really cool. So they put me through, you know, six weeks of really intensive training where I learned and did my CCNA, networking, security, project management, all kinds of different training for six weeks, which was really tough. But at the end of it, they gave us this choice of whether we wanted to be a consultant in either networking or security. And because I wasn't really a fan of networking, it didn't really push my buttons. (laughs) I went, okay, whatever this other thing is, security, it sounds really interesting. Sign me up for that. So I we had to do some, you know, SANS training, which was, you know, it's pretty tough at that time when you don't have much experience, but it was super interesting and I really loved it. And then since then I was, you know, I worked quite a few years as a consultant with Schlumberger, the game Schlumberger Semar, became Atlas Origin. So it looked like I've worked for three companies, but I've only worked for one, you know, these how these companies all merged together. Yeah. And it gave me really great opportunities to work on some really fantastic projects over in London. That's awesome. So you've worked internationally and in Australia as well. I guess what what differences have you seen and and has that, do you think, maybe helped you in your career? So when I was working over in Europe, so I worked seven years in London and then I moved to Paris and I lived and worked in security over there in Paris. It was great to, you know, as a consultant, you, you went to different countries, worked on different projects and they were big projects. So I worked for, for example, the NHS on their choosing book system, doing like a um, ISO 27001 audit. Then I would go to another country and, you know, do a risk assessment for the, you know, European Commission. I worked for the UK Passport Service, the BBC. So I worked on, you can work on really kind of really big projects and travel which is really great yeah no it's fantastic and when you're young I mean that you want to be doing to be able to travel to other countries experience different cultures work on different you know areas and I really got a lot of exposure to so many different things because I was yep put me on that project I, I don't mind I love learning new things and that was really great I really learned my risk management over there I moved to a company after Schlumberger called Insight Consulting and they were very well known for security in the UK until they got taken over by another company another takeover <laughs> everything all the companies I moved to for some reason got taken over but I got to really learn about risk management there and I really felt that that was a really good foundation for a lot 
of what I do today in terms of security. Sometimes I feel that in Australia it's less so than in the UK. Like it was really pushed a lot in the UK. Everything starts with risk as opposed to, you know, like a check list of different things that you need to do. It all is about what are the risks for that particular business and help prioritise what you need to do in order to then, you know, minimise that risk. And I felt that that was a lot stronger in the UK. When I came to Australia seven years ago, I didn't see that as much. I think things are changing over time now. I feel that's, that's changing. But that's what I felt that it was very strong in the UK like they were ahead in that in that sense but when I came over seven years ago to Australia it was hard for me to find a job believe it or not uh, I, I had, believe you, you know, I, hear, I hear a lot of people have this problem coming back to Australia yeah and like I'm Australian I've had 14 years of international experience I stupidly thought that I would be able to find a pretty good job pretty quickly but it like having zero experience in Australia made me start from zero. Like I'd had one year as a Unix administrator and help desk experience, but nothing in security in Australia. So luckily I was able to, you know, transfer with my previous company in Australia, but before that I wasn't able to find anything and it was really heartbreaking. Yeah. I was like, do I want to move to us back to Australia when it's so hard to find something? How long Um, were you looking if you don't mind asking? I was looking for six months. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so yeah. were you getting responses or interviews or not even any openings? Not any interviews, yeah, not even any openings. So, and it's interesting because like, that's one thing I feel that we might be missing out on in Australia is that that international experience is priceless because those companies over there have done a lot of things that we're learning about now. We could really learn from those international connections and what they're doing over there a lot. Yeah, and learn from that. Yeah, unfortunately, you're not the first. Won't be the last person to go through this. And, and a lot, mm. there's a lot of people that come from you know other countries and have these challenges. Let alone someone who actually is from Australia, which is just crazy. You know, you, you'd think that this this international experience, companies, so experience with these really large companies and really vast environments, would actually add value. But it seems to not count for anything at times. Yes, and I and I don't know why that is because I guess when I look at CVs now, international experience is important for when I look at that because I know the value of it. But I guess people that may not have been overseas and experienced international experience don't see that maybe. One of the things you said about the international consulting experience and mm-hmm. reflecting back because I, I used to recruit across Europe and I remember that people working consultancies would do a lot of travel and not just, you know, in their country, but internationally. And remember mm-hmm. the sort of requirements people, if they're open to a new job, would want to sort of cut their travel down from sort of hundred percent to maybe 75 or 50%. And, and these people would be working across Europe on projects. So they'd be, they'd be away from home sort of four days a week, five days a week or weeks at a time working on these, those big projects. And you just don't see that over here. That's true. Over, over here, people tend to live in Melbourne. They work in Melbourne or they live in Perth and vice versa. And, yeah, like people don't actually move around too much. Yeah, that's true. And I was living in Paris, but I was <laughs> travelling to London for work and then I was living in Paris and then I was travelling to the Netherlands every week for work. So I was pretty much only spending weekends in my actual home. So, and as you get a bit older, you like you love it at the beginning when you're young. The experience is fantastic, but after 
time you, you know, it gets really tiring, that's for sure. But the point is that security, you can do it anywhere, which is really exciting. That's what I love about security. Like wherever I am, being able to do it in London and in Paris and in Australia, you can do it anywhere because, you know, the concepts are pretty much the same. Obviously the challenge of language is, is probably a difference as well. Like when I was in Paris, yeah, the first few interviews I had there, I feel sorry for the people that had to be put through an interview with my broken <laughs> French. <laughs> but that was, you know, all part of the fun of, of working in another country, I guess. Yeah, well, well that's the experience. Yes, definitely. So you moved back here, obviously through your, your, the companies working with, and then what happened after that? So I moved back to Australia and I was really, you know, really excited about, you know, joining the security industry here. So I found out about ASA and that was really a great place for me to meet new people. I met Helene, who then introduced me to, you know, other people that are in industry, which I'm very grateful for. I will always be grateful for her for introducing me to the industry because I knew nobody in this area. And through going to the ACER events and the last Tuesday of the month events, I really got to meet some really great people in our industry. So I'm very grateful for all the groups that are out there to help, you know, people network and connect with each other. Yes, yeah, it's a very supportive community out there. It definitely is. Even if you can't get a job. <laughs> <laughs> when I eventually got one, it was okay. <laughs> but it's just that first time. And you're right, Ricky, I hear the same thing from many of, you know, our AWSN members. They have the same struggles as well. So yeah. I know that I wasn't alone in that. So, so talking about AWSN, how, how did it all come about? So it came about, I, you know, went to, like I mentioned, I, came, I went to a few different events from different industry groups and I realised that there weren't many women in a lot of these events that I went to and I just was like questioning, going, why is this the case? Like when I was in Europe, yes, or, you know, maybe I was the only female, but it didn't really bother me so much. But coming to a new country and not knowing anybody, it just felt extra kind of scary, I guess. And I just went, do you know what, I'd love to just meet a few more women just to and, and try to see whether or not, you know, who's out there and what we can do to you know, encourage more women to get into security because it really is, as I mentioned before, a really interesting, exciting area which I think anybody would love to, to get into. So I then, you know, started this LinkedIn group and put it out there to say, hey, if there's any other women that are out there, it'll be really great to connect. We started out just doing, you know, casual breakfast just before conferences. So we would just meet up, then go into the conference together, which was really nice because you know somebody walking into a conference. And it just kind of started from there. So we then got I got connected to Bonnie Button from Canada who has created something called the Wisekra, which is an alliance of different women in security. She connected me with a few people across, you know, Canberra and Perth. And the three of us then started like what we call now the 80% chapters. So they then started doing similar things where they had little casual breakfasts and then we started to formalise the group a little bit more, got some more people on LinkedIn and it sort of organically grew from breakfasts, I guess. People then started to say, look, it would be really great if we had a guest speaker. So we had somebody speak at like a cafe, for example, for the first few 
And then they became more formal events where people said, okay, well, I've got an office, we can host an event here. And it just grew from that, which was really pleased about. Time for a quick break. I'm Ricky Burke. In my full-time role, I'm the founder and director of CyberSec People, a leading cybersecurity recruitment company, where we support organizations across the US and APAC in hiring cybersecurity talent. Through our connections and reach into the security community, our deep industry knowledge, we save organizations time when hiring. We have a 98% success rate and a three-year track record that demonstrates we only have to send, on average, two applicants to find success. If your organization is hiring, reach out as we'd love to discuss what that means for you. In the meantime, thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the podcast. That's awesome. So so how, how big is AWSN now? So our LinkedIn group, we've got 2,500 members now, and we've got some on, on our email lists as well. So it has grown over the last few years. That's amazing. So you, you must be pretty proud. Yeah, no, it's it's nice. No, and I, I love it. Like going to the events, I get a real buzz out of it because, you know, it just has a really, I feel that it has a really nice atmosphere as well. We really work hard to make it a really welcoming environment where everyone feels really safe to speak out and to, you know, express and share their knowledge on, you know, security. And we really welcome students as well because we really want to help the pipeline of, you know, women that are entering this industry. And, you know, the few talks that I've done at universities, I find that it's really important that the university students are supported because, you know, I went to one university and one of the the girls there came up to me afterwards and said, thank you so much for coming to talk because I was having doubts about, you know, even entering security because a lot of my students were (laughs) saying that I shouldn't be in security because I'm a girl and I just went, oh, that's ridiculous. I know, exactly. So, you know, that's why this is important for those students to know that at the end of this, there is a, a supportive network that will help you throughout your career. And you can always come to us whenever you need somebody to bounce an idea off or to, you know, get guidance of, you know, the different areas of security that are out there as well. So that's one thing that we try to really actively do is through the AWS and Cadets program, which was co-founded by Dan Lua, Liz, Bonnie and myself, is to really try to expose these students on the different areas of security that are out there. Because, you know, some students came up to me and said, oh, it's just about pen testing. And I went, not just that pen testing is great, but, you know, there's a whole vast number of different roles and career options that you have out there. And we try to give them exposure to that. So, you know, giving them workshops where they can ask questions in a safe environment and to really practice and hone on their skills and to meet other students. And that's really great too, because some of them might be the only female student in a class. Wow. And they, and yeah, we've, we've had that before and it's about connecting them to the other students in other courses or other universities. So they can go into a conference really confident and, or into a, another event really confident that, you know, they have another person there that's got their back. Yeah. So it must be quite opening for them to see and, and, you know, obviously meet with people like yourself and hear about the industry and, and be able to meet with other people, I guess, in a similar position as well. Yeah, I hope so. So out of interest, obviously, besides, you know, hearing, you know, feedback from, from the person you mentioned where she thought, you know, or being told to sort of 
really not you know not to get into security or there aren't sort of options out there what would you say I guess are some of the biggest achievements or things looking back that you're most proud of it, it's really funny because there's a few moments where I just went okay all these these hours that I'm working in the evenings because you know I do this on the side was worth it was you know I got a card from somebody just saying thank you for all that you're doing to support wow. us this is really you know great like when I get you know, messages like that, I just, okay, we're doing the wrong thing. When I hear about, you know, you know, getting a job and they're stealing security now, that just makes me really, really happy as well. When, you know, I get feedback from, you know, somebody that they now have the confidence to talk at a conference or they've been offered a promotion and they're, or they're now going into a different area of, of the industry because they were went to a workshop and they were really interested in it. I also had somebody just the other day who wasn't in security at all. She was a musician and she got a job in, in security and she's loving it. She went to one of our, the AWSN awards and conference last year and was really hooked after that. She went, wow, this industry looks really great. How do I get into it? And she, she loves security and she's, she's really kind of addicted to it now I'd say so those kind of stories I you know it it makes me realize the the sacrifices or the you know the hard work that myself and all the team all the volunteers are putting into this and all of our supporters obviously that are helping us we're doing something I hope yeah yeah I mean that's that's the thing it's I don't know it's a difficult thing to say but the thing is you don't get paid for this this is all giving back to the community and just doing stuff because you can, I guess. And it's, it's amazing the impact and the amount of people that you would have helped along the way. Yes, I hope so. And, and I, we wouldn't be able to do it without, as I said, the industry. Everyone has been really fantastic. Like we've got some really great companies, you know, supporting our events, supporting initiatives, providing some funding or, you know, donations to us as well. And I'm ever so grateful for, you know, all the hours that people put into, you know, creating these events, which they do on on the side of their desk as well. A lot of these volunteers have full-time jobs and they do this on the side of their desk as well. And, you know, these these sponsors don't have to sponsor us and support us, but they do, which I'm very grateful for. That's great. So you you just mentioned about sort of people part-time or or hours and things like that and understand you're not working full-time anymore. No, since I had my son, I haven't been working full-time. I've always worked part-time just so I could balance that whole family and work, you know, my choice, but I'm really happy I did it. So when I first did part-time, I did three days a week so I could look after my kids. And then I moved to four days. I did job there as well, which was really great with Erica at ANZ. Yeah, you're going to do a talk on that on B- at B-Sides. <laughs> I was going to do a talk with Erica on that. We really want to promote it because job share is fantastic, really and truly. It is an incredible way to work. So what do you, would you like me to t- tell you what job share yeah, is? Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. So what it was, was I worked three and a half days and Erica worked three and a half days. So we had half a day. So one day where we overlapped, which was a very busy day, as you can imagine, but it allowed us to, it, the difference between that and part-time is that the days that you are not working, you can switch off. Like I had hundred percent confidence in Erica that she had my back during the two days that I was off. And that is really great because 
often when you're working part-time, you are still pretty much working seven days. <laughs> you're, yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really hard to switch off, but you really can, you trust that that person has kind of got you back. If there's an email that's urgent, they will, you know, deal with that. The other great thing about job share is that, you know, we had between us like 40 years of experience in different areas. So, you know, her background was very different to mine. It was from psychology marketing type background, whereas mine was more technical security background. So where are you going to get a a brain that's going to have that diversity of thought in one person? So job share is great because we just used to bounce ideas off each other and approach a particular problem in a different way, which was really amazing. So job share is is really great in that sense because you have that work-life balance and also you have that diversity in one person and it's so it's really great for a company as well <laughs> to do that kind of thing as well. That's great. I, I, I don't think we hear enough about that, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, and we wanted in our B-Sides talk, we were going to talk about how it's not just you know, females wanting to do it because of work, uh, for the family life, but it should be for anybody, you know, er- everyone has interests in their life and we should be able to, you know, do that for half of our life, half of our week and have that option. So if you want to study something or you want to be a musician half your life, to be able to job share with somebody and be able to do that life choice I mean, how much happier would everyone be? Yeah, I I think more companies should be looking into that. They should definitely, no. And so at the moment, because of the whole COVID-19 situation, I've moved to a different flexible scheme, which is working four days over three. So I work just the afternoons and I spend the morning doing homeschooling. Which has its own challenges, let's say. Has its own challenges. I'm exhausted, but (laughs) a lot of families are exhausted at the moment. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's good. So in terms of obviously yourself, you've you've seen some maybe different ways of working. Have you seen other ways maybe the industry has changed over the years? So the industry has changed over the years in terms of I feel that when I was first working in security many, many years ago, a lot of it was about, okay, in theory, if this happened like a data breach or a hack happened, then this would be the implication, you know, the reputational risk, financial risk, et cetera. Now we have a lot of, like you see it in the news very frequently, unfortunately. So you can draw on those cases and the C-suite and everyone is more aware of cyber risk and know that cybersecurity is really important. So I think that's where things have changed, which is for, I guess, the better because people are more aware. And now it's more about how do we then educate and lift the bar of everybody to a certain level to make, you know, everyone less the target, I guess. The other thing that I've seen in industry is that a lot more companies are approaching, you know, the AWSN to ask, okay, how do we get more females or diversity in general in our team? How do we get them more, you know, applying for jobs in my team or in my company? Because we're just not even seeing the CVs come through and even trying to apply for these, these roles. And I think that because they're asking those questions, people in the industry are now understanding that, you know, that diversity is important that diversity of mindset and I think that that is 
that's that's positive. That's that's good. We're going in the right direction there. That they're at least questioning. Okay, how do we then boister our team to get that diversity in our team? Which makes sense. And it's not just. I always try, even though it's the AWSN. I'm always, you know, it's about diversity of thought, not just females. It's about you know people that are young because they bring a wealth of information while they're technologically, you know, competent in so many different ways that we're, you know, less so. People that are a little bit older, they have a lot of experience, you know, all these, you know, diversity means so many different things of culture, et cetera. And I think a lot more companies are looking for that now, which is great because if you think about the population that we're trying to protect, they're from diverse backgrounds. So we absolutely need to be thinking like them. I've got one suggestion. Stop making job descriptions so complicated. Yes, exactly. The unicorn job description that, yeah, that you can't tick all the boxes. I mean, I had, I, I had one when I was, I was applying, I saw this one job role, which was, you know, it had the most amazing title, director of cybercrime. And I went, I want that. And you look at the job description and it just had everything in it, like all these different criteria. And I went, I'm not going to be able to do all that. And I went, do you know what? I'm just going to apply anyway because it sounds really cool and it sounds exciting. And But a lot of people won't. They'll get really put off by, okay, I don't tick that one box. I agree. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think you're right. It needs to change the way in which people write those job descriptions. And well done to you giving it a go anyway, because you never know. Exactly. Unfortunately, yep. not, not enough people do. They, they, if they don't tick every box, then sometimes or a lot of people are just put off by the job advert. Exactly. Definitely. So moving forwards, obviously AWSN, the, the network keeps getting bigger and there's, there's more and more things happening in the industry. What, what are the plans for? the network? So we have three objectives for for 2020. One of them is about building that pipeline of talented individuals into our industry. So that's through our cadet program. We are focusing also on women in leadership. So they're the people that are in security and wanting, you know, that step up and also a mentoring program. For next year, we're looking at being strategic partnerships. So we always see ourselves as kind of the the conduit to really great initiatives that are out there. I'm sure you appreciate this, Ricky. There are a lot of really great groups out there and it's about how do we connect people to groups that may be specialising in that particular area. We're all really time poor, so it's about how do we maximise what each of our groups are doing and to connect people to those groups. So the other thing we're doing is the AWSN Awards where we're recognising the achievements and celebrating the amazing people that we have in our industry. And this is open to, I mean, although I specialise in cybersecurity, it's open to protective security and physical security cool. individuals. And that's where, you know, we we try to make a difference because we know that, you know, cybersecurity and physical security emerging we can learn a lot from each other and it's about exposing everyone to the different areas that make up protecting australia that makes a lot of sense jackie that's great thank you so much for your time today it's just amazing what you've done and and contributed to the industry and and just created something that's now just so just integrated i think with the industry itself and and is just delivering so much to so many people so really looking forward to seeing i guess what's going to happen next year and or the rest of this year next year and beyond but it's just amazing so yeah well done and thank you thank you ricky for having me (laughs) 
Thanks for listening. And if you've got any questions, comments, please reach out to me. You'll find me online anywhere, CyberSec Ricky. And if you would like to be involved in the future, maybe be a guest, and then reach out as well. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Bye.